It's been a good 12 months for Mexico. The um, geopolitics around the world and regionalization and reshoring we hear about as having a, probably a bigger impact here than in, in the USA. Tell me what that means in terms of the investment you've seen and what people are asking for in terms of capital equipment. Okay, basically still the same you know, from the last conversation that we had a few months ago. Uh, this near sharing with the United States, the relocation of the manufacturing back into the United States is, is converting Mexico into a very attractive region uh, to do more uh, vertical integration. And a lot of the final assembly products, of course, would have been in the United States, but all the electronics uh, is, is, is being assembled in Mexico. So still a big trend for Europeans and Taiwanese companies to be uh, doing new factory setup into different regions of the country. Yeah. And, and what regions are you seeing the most investment in? You know, we're in Guadalajara here today. I've always seen this as one of the key centers, but there's almost not that much space for growth here. Well, basically, if we compare the government numbers about new jobs generations, mm -hmm. you can find out that 80% of the new jobs are related to the uh, manufacturing industry. Wow. And 80% of that new job into the 80% total mm -hmm. is in five states. is uh, Chihuahua, mm -hmm. Nuevo León, Jalisco, uh, Guanajuato, and number five is uh, Coahuila, another okay. that is very attractive for the automotive industry. Yeah, And the automotive industry is an interesting one. We were talking earlier about data and the importance of separating traditional automotive from what we're seeing in EV because we're seeing lots of also perhaps new growth in in EV um, where where is most of that investment happening uh, we see a lot of investment for EVs into the Monterrey region Nuevo Leon state mm -hmm. a little bit in Tamaulipas Tamaulipas Reynosa is nearby Monterrey so that is what that cluster uh, is very attractive for the automotive. And of course, in the Bajillo region, Querétaro region, is, is one of the uh, most claimed region for the European companies to be installed. Uh, Germans, Italian, French companies into the Querétaro region, and that is becoming very attractive for the EVs uh, product transition. Okay, and one of the things that is, I guess, stopping some of that manufacturing growth happening in the USA is talent. Um, talent shortage is something we're hearing in, in all of the developed markets, particularly Europe and the US. Uh, in Mexico, we had a big spike in wage costs because the uh, minimum wage go went up. And when the minimum wage goes up, even people who aren't on the minimum wage need to need to get a pay rise as well. What's the situation here with talent at the moment? How hard is it to get people and how much more expensive is that becoming? Well, of course, the, the engineering and, and regular label is getting more expensive. But if we analyze the population, again, going into the tradition of Mexican family, mm -hmm. uh, for example, the families that the parents are between 40 and 50, they have an average of two or three uh, sons in each family. Mm -hmm. And right now they are getting into the productive age. So that means that uh, right now we're still having a, a, a lot of people available for the industry. Youngest generations, they are moving into one or two. Mm -hmm. 
So eventually, within the next uh, 15, 20 years, yeah. that can be a problem. But from now, considering a 2.5 uh, uh, child per family in average, that means that we have enough people for the, for, for the current industry needs. And uh, we have uh, right now like a strange situation because the exchange rate with the, with the dollar, so peso is getting strong than the dollar, but we feel like it's going to be a short period. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, right now, the labor is more expensive in, in terms of the dollar exchange rate. But uh, we hope that at the end of the year, then the exchange rate is going to be back into the regular one and, it, and we will be more competitive than right now. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to find people. Yes, just uh, the companies are investing more in training, in rotation programs, and of course, how to facilitate uh, to the people to get into the factories. Yeah. We are moving people from one hour away, one and a half hour away. So all the electronics assembly industry is very, very focused on how to, to offer better uh, solution for their employees in terms of transportation. Yeah. As you know, here in Mexico, most of the companies has their own transportation services. So for all the uh, labor, they don't need to pay transportation and they don't pay for the for the meals inside the factory. Yeah. So it's one of the great advantages that we have uh, for the electronic assembly into yeah. the different regions of Mexico. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, Ivan? We need to encourage more people to take STEM education and graduate, but we clearly need to encourage that younger younger generation to reproduce more as well. So um, that's going to be a, an interesting... One of the ways people are mitigating um, talent shortages outside of Mexico, but also here, is, is greater um, use of automation and clever use of automation. So cobots, conveyors, those kind of things. Is that an area of demand that's increasing in your business? Absolutely, yes. A uh, few weeks ago, we was doing an analysis of how many automation integrators are in Mexico. We find out that it's more than 100. Uh, companies uh, focus on the automation for the electronic assembly industry, which is our major niche. And we see large projects coming uh, for final assembly that are very uh, focus and targeting into the uh, touchless lines. Of course, all the uh, automotive uh, as, uh, modules assembly mm -hmm. it has been touchless lines uh, years ago, but right now, let's say for vacuum cleaners, uh, another uh, lifestyle goods yeah. are also working to do uh, touchless assembly, and that will bring a, a lot of the uh, requirements for. Uh, uh, high specialization jobs to manage uh, the automatic lines. Yeah, and that makes it more interesting, doesn't it? And and we definitely see, and you know, I've been coming to Mexico for eight, nine years now. Um, we definitely see constant progress in in where Mexico is in that digital transformation, in the investment in automation, in the way it sees itself as a manufacturer. It doesn't feel like a low cost high volume manufacturing environment that that isn't able to adapt now it feels much more like it's a very a, a much more advanced technology um, industry is that something you see yes yes and 
And of course, uh, all that uh, digitalization, that is moving so fast, but moving so fast that we are not really seeing what are step by step. Uh, like a, a, last week, one of our customers in Monterrey came to run an audit here. Uh, and the, the audit was most related to the safety in our warehouse and demo rooms, people, uh, human resources management. And the level of digitalization is that I was able to show all the evidence in my cellular phone. Yeah. Cameras, alarms, everything is, is, is in, 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 the, in the hand. So it's the same in the, in the factory. Right now, the dot management can see everything in, 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 in the smartwatch or in the cellular phone. So all that transformation, uh, it was not a, a stop in the industry to do the translation. It was a step by step, but so fast yeah. that if we compare the way that the industry is being managed today with 10 years ago, it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but there, there was no a, a, a day zero for that transformation. Yeah, yeah, it happened incrementally. The other thing I've seen, I think, particularly over recent years, is large global players seeing Mexico as their sandbox for digital transformation. They're almost doing stuff here first and proving it out and then deploying the best practices around the world. That must be quite gratifying as a Mexican to see that happening here. Yes, and, and we see that also I mean, that is the traditional EMS uh, doing that uh, sandbox here, but we see that also in the equipment manufacturing. Mm -hmm. A lot of the big suppliers for, for the equipment into the industry are setting up engineering and manufacturing plants here, and then they're going to deploy that new knowledge into the worldwide factories that they are managing. Yeah. So, of course, it's a, tra a natural transition that uh, Mexico is working together with, with uh, the worldwide uh, more important equipment suppliers. But uh, good, it's a good moment in general yeah, for, yeah. for the people and for the companies. Yeah, And I think it's an important moment for SmartSol when I look at the growth you've had over, over the recent decade uh, and how the business has developed and, you know, the the service structure you have, the, the huge number of contact points you have with a customer. It's not just valuable from a point of view of can SmartSoul sell more machines than other people, but it's also valuable in terms of SmartSoul can give us a lot more feedback than perhaps any of our other representative companies because they are touching so many of our customers. How much of those relationships have become kind of strategic and two-way in terms of data and advice and impacting each other's roadmaps. Yeah, uh, I mean, we're attending quarterly meetings with a lot of our customers. And we always begin that quarterly meetings sharing what we see in the market and mm. they are sharing with us what are the roadmaps so we can find the way to work together. SmartSol is, is not in the market because we sell products. Basically, we are selling solutions to the customers. We listen to them, we analyze what are the best solutions for them, then that becomes into a proposal, and of course that becomes into a long-term relationship with the customers. Uh, so, as you saw, our warehouses, we have 
inventory for equipment, for consumables, as you saw, or demos rooms, when we have real uh, time applications, not only for the traditional SMT products. We have a lot of automation here and simulations for different uh, situations that we need to, to solve in the industry. So that relationship is with the customers. They come to visit us every day with a problem and they go out with a solution. Yeah, yeah and I, I, what I think is, is, is fascinating is that huge investment you have made in in inventory, obviously being out with the customers, having that data, understanding their their world and being able to provide them with solutions is important, but they want those solutions quickly. How important do you think that massive investment you've made in, uh, in stock has become? Well, it's one of the uh, driving, uh, or what is driving the decision in the customers, how fast are they going to get it and how cheap? Because... Uh, Right now, logistics is the major cost driving for the customers. So if we are having the, the machines in stock here and the consumables, so we, we can deliver as soon as they need it, so they can uh, reduce their uh, total time for the launch of the new products uh, at least uh, to 50%, because there are no waiting time for manufacturing of the machines, and there are no waiting time on the transportation. Yeah. And, and between the longest distance of Mexico, the longest uh, driving distance in the truck is two days. So basically getting an order today, and we need to deliver in Tijuana, who is the, the um, northeast uh, North part of, uh, yeah. yes, it's is, uh, is a 24 to 36 uh, truck uh, hours yeah. driving. So, and that will reduce a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, and that's a game changer. And the other thing that reduces money is you're bringing stuff in in advance by, by sea freight, which is the most economic. They're getting stuff as if it's been flown in in a kind of emergency situation and not having to pay that uplift on freight. That must be important to them. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. I mean, we're transferring the cost of our sea freight but not extra charges uh, for expediting on others. Yeah. So, and that is a, a, a big difference between SmartSol and any other distributor in the industry. Yeah, and I see multiple differences. The, you know, the, the more I dig, I see, you know, a super impressive integration service installation team that you've built over recent years huge amount of data that you're collecting from the market and you're able to share with both principals and customers. It's become much more than a company that just buys and sells equipment. Absolutely, yes. Yes, uh, and you know that right now we are not only focused in Mexico, we are selling to Central and South America and into United States also. Our new uh, demo room in El Paso, uh, we are going to do in December an, an open house I hope that you can join us mm -hmm. for that open house in December time frame. Um, that is uh, to serve only the market into the United States. We already have a, a, a warehouse over there for uh, inventory, but we're going to open a similar demonstration room that the one that you, you saw here in Guadalajara. And that is uh, open us the door uh, for more business outside Mexico. Yeah. I mean, in the past years, Mexico represents more than 95% of our total sales, 
Right now we are 70-30, so that means a, a very good balance between uh, regions. Yeah, and what's exciting, Ivan, is even, even with that mix changing, Mexico is still growing for you and you're growing the business elsewhere. So congratulations on that. It's a, it's a, a really exciting and quite unique business. It's, it's grown into to something that is very focused on servicing, serving both your customers and your principals. Um, so thanks for talking to me and thanks for your time and, and continued success. Welcome to Smartphone. Thank you.